Morning, everyone. Good to be here again. Um, I haven't seen a lot of you for a long time, but it's amazing to yeah, I'll just share the Sunday with you. So Lucas asked me to come and give some feedback from the youth camp that we had last weekend. I can't believe it's a week already, a week ago. And then, um, yeah, and then just share, so give you feedback and then just share a little bit on some stuff. So we'll see how it goes. I thought maybe it might be a good idea to share, to put the clip on first. Um, so this is just a clip that was put together by our very own Nia. Yeah, let's give Nia a round of applause. Some talent in the house. Play it one more time. Just let's do a replay. It's only So I'm going to ask some of the kids that were at the camp just to share a bit. But before I do, I want to just give you a little context to how this all unfolded. So it was a, a Josh Gen global youth camp. So all the congregations that have got youth, um, getting all the youth together and trying to put this camp. Um, so this hasn't been done since 2018, we think. Um, and we're new into the fold of, of being involved with youth. So, um, yeah, it was the first, so, so we were leading youth in Sunningdale for, um, just as we came out of COVID, 2021. It's the first time we've actually been to youth and led youth. So we didn't know what we were in for, and I don't think the kids knew what they were in for either. But um, we, we, yeah, we just, we, we love the kids, and it was a, it's a easy for us, it's, an, a, it's a grace gift. So there was grace for us just to be with the kids and love the kids. Um, and then uh, we were called or asked to oversee youth um, as a whole in the Josh Jen congregation. So um, then the, the rumbling started or the encouragement started coming about, why don't we do a global youth camp? Yo. So um, we didn't know how many to start planning for. We didn't know what kind of response we would get. It's the middle of winter. There's not many dates that are available in the calendar of uh, Josh Jen. You know, you can't just pick a weekend because there's always something happening. So we planned uh, around Youth Day last year, Youth Day, June the 16th, we did the 412 Youth Leaders Equip Time. And um, then we thought, okay, this year we would do this camp. So we, we found a venue out towards Hermanus, and we, we went to see the place in March, and they could have 
four, uh, they could have 220 indoor uh, kids housed or accommodated inside little cabins, which we thought was better because it's middle of winter, we didn't want to be putting up tents, and so we didn't really want to have anyone camping as such. So indoor started right. So we had a, a, a mark of 220. But we didn't know, are we getting 50 coming? Are we getting 100 coming? Are we getting 150 coming? So we, we booked the venue and we paid a deposit for 150. That was, and then I worked out, like each youth group across the country has got you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 in this congregation. So I thought, okay, so if we have an 80% turnout, we should do 200. And then guys were phoning, um, do we need a book quickly? Are the tickets going to sell out? And I'm like, no, it is 220, and I think we'll get there. We'll get 220. So like every good uh, event, the bookings start very slowly. And then we were like celebrating, okay, we've got 50 tickets sold. There's 65 sold. There's 80 sold. Um, and then there's two weeks left before the the bookings closed. And we didn't know, yeah, it's so hard to plan. You're, you're trying to do <laughs> accommodation and catering and then lifts, and, but we were like, okay, let's, so we, we were planning June the 16th, we're going to close bookings on May the 29th. That gives us three working weeks. Um, and then I look, and it's 195, then it's 225, then it's 265 and 275, and then there were 340 booked. Then we closed the bookings. And then everyone, no, the date arrived, the bookings closed. And then we were getting the phone calls. Uh, we haven't booked, we're late, we're sorry. Please, can we, you know, can, is there space? So we pushed, pushed, pushed 350. And the venue can't even hold. So we got 220 indoors. And 350, we like... And we don't want to put tents up, and then the rain is coming. We had a really wet June. So I'm like, Lord Jesus, what are we doing? Yes, you can send your kid. Yeah, yeah, no, no, cool. And then 3.50, I'm like, no more. That's it. We can't, because where are we putting these people? And then the venue's got these two halls. So we figure we're going to squeeze all the girls into the inside accommodation, the 2.20. We're going to squeeze the boys into what's left, and then we're going to squeeze the rest of the boys into the one hall, and we'll meet in the other hall. This is all the theory. But we get there. <laughs> it is flooded. The place that big storm came through, Hermanus. The floods knocked down the pylon, giving electricity into Hermanus since the Wednesday. We arrived there. There's no electricity. We had to bring generators. Uh, the fields are wet. We've squeezed 350 into a place that can only take really not that many people. So we were, I'm like, Lord, please, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you come and help us? Yeah. So it was organized chaos. We off we went, no electricity. Um, so, so we have the first, we get the kids inside at, on Friday afternoon, June the 16th, just to see if they will fit inside the hall, the 350 of us. So we are like, from edge to edge, it's raining outside. It wasn't raining on the Friday, so we could have the doors open, so there's some overflow. And I said, okay, let's just sit and see if everyone can fit inside this hall together. So they all sit, and we fit, like, like this. And then I'm like, okay, this is good. So we fit inside there. The boys can sleep in the other hall. And then we landed up setting some, some tents up um, 
and then we woke up the Saturday morning to it's pouring with rain. So now there's no overflow. Everyone is in, inside this little hall. But anyway, the benefit in God's wisdom was that it became so contagious. Just the, the kids had nowhere to go. There was no, everyone was in, and there was, there was fire on that Friday night, just worship. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Um, so we took the, the worship guys off the little stage. There was no space. If you were standing by the stage, you were either in the worship team or in the congregation. There's no like. Um, so we got the worship team off the stage, and they were in the middle of that hall, uh, and they just started worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. Um, yeah, and you just couldn't help but being taken along with what was what God was doing with these kids. It was just amazing, and it just worshipped and worshipped and worshipped, and then we called lights out at eleven. We were exhausted. We went to sleep at about 12, half past 12. And then we heard the next morning that they'd worship right through until half past 12. Uh, broken all the curfew rules. It was terrible. Um, but they were worshiping the Lord. And there was just an overflow from that, from that Friday night. So do you want to, kids, who wants to come up and just share a bit on your experience? George, ladies, come on. Um, yeah, so... Uh, actually, during worship, I had a, a word based on what my mom shared, and it relates to what I um, experienced at the youth camp. And so my mom was sharing about um, how God loves us so much, but sometimes it can be hard to um, love God back in our circumstances. But I felt that God was calling us to be like David, um, who, even though he was being chased by the whole Israelite army, pretty much, he was still worshiping God. And if you read the Psalms, um, you can easily see that they're very heartfelt um, and written with a lot of love towards God, even in David's circumstances. And we know that there's a song based on what David did. It's called Undignified. Um, and so Seth uh, Verena on the youth camp shared that um, sometimes, because he's in university or college or something, he's in school, and sometimes in the mornings um, he doesn't, he, can, he said that he needs to stir himself up to spend time with God in the mornings. And sometimes it can be pointless, but if we just stir ourselves up and say to our souls, come on, we're going we're gonna to worship God, even though we're not feeling anything now, we're going to force ourselves to worship God, um, and that we'll be blessed by that. And actually, even if we don't feel, anyth feel anything, if we just stir up our hearts to worship God, then he can do mighty things in us. Yeah, um, first off, I just want to say such a thank you to Uncle Nick and Auntie Belinda for making that camp possible because it was incredible and it was like amazing to see, you know, kids from the other side of the country that I haven't seen in years and connect with everyone and serve. Um, and it was it was really, you know, like God was just there um, in worship every night. You know, we had kids stage diving. We had kids running around the hall. Like it was, it was amazing. Um, and just from what, yeah, George was saying as well, I really felt during worship, you know, like for us, in our walk with Jesus, it, it's a decision to choose God, like in the day to day, and that is what um, Seth was sharing on. Um, and I've I've recently been reading a book um, called The Great Divorce, and you know, within the book, there are these people who offered this opportunity to choose heaven and God, um, and you know, they're told just take this one step, and then you know, God's there to, for us to lean on Him. You know, the rest of the way He's carrying us through it. 
Um, but it is for us to take this step. And God gives us so much grace because there's so many times where we're just like, no, and we don't choose him. But he will come back to us, you know, every morning, his mercies on you. Um, and so I've really just been feeling that even in the camp, you know, seeing kids who've come from like difficult situations, you know, choosing that step. And then to see them, you know, sharing their testimony in front of like 350 kids, like it's amazing. So yeah, thank you to you guys for making it possible. And yeah, it was amazing. You guys should come next time. Um, so as everyone's mentioned, the, there was rain, we had no power, the, there was leaks in the bathroom, there was like never, you know, trying to have a hot shower with 160 girls, it's not a thing, you know. Um, so you just, you wet, you're all sweaty, you're all smelly, but you just like, despite all of those things, the Lord came through so big. It was just like, okay, if you ask everyone, it was, worship was just amazing, top notch, want to go back just for the worship. Um, like, they would try and close the evening, but we just kept going. And, you know, the leaders eventually, they were like, okay, well, you can't, you can't give up. Like, we just kept going. Um, but it was just so beautiful because the Lord was moving in everybody. Big ways, small ways, there was a testimony that came out of the weekend. Um, and it was just, oh. And he was so intentional with, like, how, with the people that were put in your dorm. Um, like, a lot of my friends I see at 412 once a year, but it was so, it was amazing because you got, you actually had the deep conversations and, you know, there was none of that surface level, maybe on the first day, but after that, it was just in, in conversation about the struggles of high school and the struggles of everything. Um, and like George and Nathania mentioned, just choosing God in everything. And it was so encouraging because, you know, it's tough being a, you know, someone that follows Jesus in today's world. It's, it's not an easy thing because Everybody all around you goes for the opposite thing, goes for what the world wants, what the world finds or deems right. Um, so it was just such an encouraging weekend for those that went to see, okay, wow, I'm not the only one. There's 350 kids just in the local area that are following Jesus and choosing Jesus. And, you know, it's not something that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, like everyone said, the worship was incredible. It was so beautiful to see all the kids' hearts, um, even like during breaks that we'd have where you could just go outside and go sit in your cabin. Um, there'd be worship practice and everyone would stay in the hall and worship the Lord with like, it was amazing to see how everyone's hearts were just so much like for the Lord and they could have been doing everything else, but they wanted to stay there in his presence. Um, yeah, so the worship was amazing and the teachings were incredible. Um, each day it was really something that I think stuck out to each and every person's heart and um, really challenged us to think further than what we're going through in our lives and to think what, like, how, you know, how the Lord is in our lives and to choose Him every day. Um, so yeah, it was a really amazing time. Thank you. I think the highlight for me is the, on the Saturday night, we're just sharing on the, the, the bigness of God. So encouraging the kids to see Him. It's a revelation, and that's for all of us. When you see Him and you have revelation of His bigness, the glory of who He is, the majesty of who He is, uh, what He's done in sending His Son uh, as a man, you know, stepping out of um, glory into humanity and taking the, the shape and form of a man, and helping the kids see that. When you see that and you have revelation of that, then it changes the way you live. 
It changes the way you worship Him. It changes the way you serve Him. It changes the way you love each other. And, that, and so that Saturday night, we, we shared on that. And then we went straight into worship. And, um, and I turned and I saw the, these two young girls. They were probably the youngest girls on the camp. And they were tiny. Okay, they weren't tiny. Um, and they were weeping while we were worshiping, just weeping. And I'm like, Lord, only you can do that. Only you can, and it's for all of us, only God can get into the, the deepest places of our souls and our hearts and give us revelation to see him and open up something where we will worship him in spirit and in truth. And we can't do that. I can't do that. Um, but he did it. And, and um, even before going, I just had the sense that God was going to do something in the hearts of the kids that were going to affect generations. And that's what we want. That's what we pray for, that the, the generation coming through after us is going to have a greater impact on the kingdom of God and the, and the people that need salvation than we will have in our lifetime. Um, and the opportunity for each one of us is to carry that mandate and that goal that, God, are we sowing into the generation that is coming, you know, the leaders that are coming after us? Uh, what is the... What is the theology we're giving them? What, are the, what is the heart that we're giving them? Are we just trying to shape behavior, you know, telling our kids, don't do this, don't do that, no, 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 you know, thus saith the Lord, ten commandments, thou shalt not. Or are we shaping the hearts that love him and see him and have revelation of him and that live this thing out out of their own faith and conviction? And that is the responsibility of each one of us here. Parents, those that are uh, single that don't have children, um, all of us, we have a responsibility to nurture and sow into and serve and love uh, the generation that is coming after us. So that was my highlight that Saturday night, seeing those two girls, um, and I just trust that God has done something. We, we had a large contingent uh, from underprivileged areas, which was amazing to see them. They raised the funds, uh, they got themselves there, and also was just trusting God that, they, that the Lord would break something over these kids as well that are going to affect um, just culture, that we have a kingdom culture. We don't have separate cultures in the church. We have one culture. Uh, even though we're bringing in different cultures, um, you have the benefit of my fantastic Greek culture. And, um, but we, we lay those things, <laughs> and, the, and the Italians there. Um, but we lay those things aside for the culture of the kingdom. We reflect Jesus to each other, and we do it well. Um, you guys go on till like three in the afternoon, I believe. Then. But, uh, whenever I'm done, I could land there. But um, so, so Lucas asked just to give feedback on the youth and just sh share a bit about our journey on how we um, got to the place of. I told you a bit about how we got to the place of leading youth or overseeing youth, but I want to do, I'm going to leave you with some practical things on just serving each other. You know, for, for, for us, the, I think the ministry of leading uh, the kids or, you know, some, playing some small part in what God is doing through the youth. I'm often reminded of that scripture where, where Jesus is the disciples are trying to, you know, kick the kids away, like keep them away from the Lord because he's busy with important ministry stuff. And, and Jesus is like, just let them come to me, and, and he blesses them. 
And it is that thing where we are the hands and feet of him and we reflect him well to, our, to the young ones. Reflect Jesus well, not your own, you know, through the, through the brokenness of how you were raised or how, you know, what, if we had fathers or no fathers. Uh, but when we are to our own kids and to the kids amongst us in this family, be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. Be the hands and feet. Love them. Spend time with them. Engage with them. Um, listen to them. Communicate well with them. Make eye contact. I, I love kids, and not in a weird way like the world. You know, you're not allowed to say you love. I love little boys and I love little girls. I love kids. I love them, and I and I I see. Um, I, I have a, a a gift of communicating with them. So like just like getting down to their level and talking heart to heart. Um, and I really want to encourage each of you to love your kids well and love your, you know, your brothers and sisters' kids well as well, that they're little people that are, that are, and the Lord loves them and He wants them saved, and we need to be ones that are making it easier for them to enter into relationship with Jesus as loving moms and dads and not being someone that causes them, you know, that makes it hard. And it takes effort and it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy, which a lot of us don't have at this age, me and you, Gav. Um, but it, yeah, you've got to make choices and, and, and sow into relationship with the kids. All right. I don't know if I made my point there. Oh, how we were going to get into this. Um, anyway, so some practical things. You know, Jesus said that, no servant is greater than his master. No servant is greater than his master. And Jesus did not come to be served, but he came to serve. So he's the example of, of servanthood. And as children of God, as we're adopted into the family of God, we are not greater than our master. We are here to serve. We're here to serve in, uh, the lost in terms of our sharing the good news with them. And we're here to serve and love each other in the family of God. And servanthood is sacrifice. And we, we promote a culture in this, in this church, in all the congregations, we promote a culture of laying our lives down. And I just want to remind us, and I know many of us do, and I want to encourage, I'm going to use this to encourage you to keep on. Many of us have understood this revelation of we're here to serve each other and love each other well. So I want to encourage you to carry on, and I want to encourage you, if you're not doing it, find a place where you are able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this, con in this congregation, in this congregation for this season. You, you have to serve. We're called to that. Jesus said, the Lord said, that if you want to hold on to your life, preserve your life and live your life for you, you're going to lose it. The way of the kingdom is that we would lose our lives for him. We would serve him, and we would find life in that. And that is truth, and that is the way of the king. That is the way of our creator. That is the way of our and that's the, the, the design. Each one of us is called to serve, love the body, serve each other as best as we can. And practically, you know, we, we've been in Josh Jen for 23 years now, 
And we didn't start off like this. I was a rubbish coming into this church, being saved by grace, taken out of the kingdom of darkness, brought into the kingdom of light, have revelation of, oh my Lord, what you've done for me. Thank you. So revelation and the overflow is that, is God, how can I, what can I, you know? It's got to come. It's got to start with revelation. And then it is like, Lord, how can I serve your body? That's what you've called me to. And the, the first key, and I'm going to land, I'm just going to give two keys. First key is to be faithful with what's in front of you. That's it. There's no great plan. I, don't, I didn't come in with a ministry, and Josh Jen was the, the opportunity, the platform to launch my ministry, and I'm the greatest gift that God's ever given you, and I'm going to show you how it's done. Uh, I didn't, I was nothing. But I was, what out of revelation was, okay, God, you've called me to lay my life down. You have full ownership of my life. You have bought me at a price, and you've paid the price uh, through your precious blood. Great price you've paid for my life. How, what can I do today? How can I be faithful with what's in front of me today? So be faithful with what's in front of you. And that starts in community. Not your ministry, it starts in community. That's how we build. Be faithful in community. Make your leader's life a joy. How can you serve in community? If you have no gifting. In fact, you can put up that one scripture. It's uh, 1 Peter 4, verse 10. If you, if you don't know where you fit, wash the dishes before everyone leaves. Help set up the tea and the coffee. Help clean up the chairs. Just be available. Pop up, appear in front of your community leaders and say, how can I serve this community? How can I be a blessing to you? That is where you start. Be faithful with the little. So that's how we started. It's like, okay, how can we serve? How can we help? What can we do? And as a community leader, that's what you want. You want everyone just saying, how can we be a part of your, your revelation of Jesus causes you to worship Him and study the Word and pray and spend quiet time. That's through your own revelation. It's not someone coming behind you and trying to go, okay, you need to love the Lord, you need to love the Lord. When you've seen Him, you understand that He saved you and what He saved you from, you like pop out and go, okay, I've got something to share in community out of an overflow of my heart. May I read a scripture? I've been reading this psalm. I've been praying this. I've been praying for you, the leaders. I've been praying for the people. These are all these things that we can do. There's no one that is disqualified from this because you don't have the gifting. It's an overflow. Come out of an overflow of your heart to give and offer and to serve the community. So cool. We can all do that. And then it would be when you, and I'm talking only if you're a new believer now, you've just started to mature in this, can I have one, invite one person into my home, offer hospitality? My home is too small. Just fine, have one person. Go meet at a coffee shop if your home is too small. So just be part of us building community. Be faithful with that little thing. So you're helping to serve, you're coming with an overflow, and then you start inviting people around. And then, hey, could you lead community next week? I'm just, you know, this is how this being faithful with the little starts to become faithful with more. And then we see something on your life. God has gifted us all. God has given us all a grace gift, which is 
What's a grace gift is the, the thing that comes easy to you to do. So Belinda's grace gift is hospitality. It's easy for her to open her home up and to love people that are coming through. And her other grace gift is she's a great mom, um, which is why the kids love her in the youth. It's just a, an ability that God has given us. Each one of us has got a grace gift. Each one of us has got a grace gift. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Each of you should use whichever gift you have received. You have received a gift from the Lord to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. Be a faithful steward of the grace that God has given you. We're all different. Each one has a different grace. I have a different grace. You have a different grace. But we all need to use the God-given grace to serve each other. Don't sit in it. You can't, this is not a church where we can just sit on our grace gifts and allow everyone else to use theirs to our benefit. We all use the grace gift that God has given us. We're faithful stewards of it in its various forms. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So first point, just be faithful with a little bit in front of you. That's all you're called to do. Good. Point two, and I'll land on point two as we roll up to one o'clock, um, is persevere. My second point is persevere. We've been doing this for 23 years. We led community for on and off for eight years, we, we served as deacon, and there's no promotions in the church, but there's just a, a maturing and God blessing you. When you've been faithful with the little, God lets you be, you know, He trusts you with the more. And it's just through this perseverance, just being, and, we, and I'm talking, we didn't get it right, we haven't had it right for the last 23 years, but our, our trajectory has been always, okay, Lord, uh, we belong to you, you're our Lord, our life is not our own. We're gonna, how can we serve you and how can we keep on serving you? Just being faithful with what's in front of us. And then what's in front of you starts to change and the opportunities then to serve in greater capacity and uh, developing of your, your, your gifting, et cetera, et cetera. But it comes through persevering. I remember we had just joined Josh Jen and one of the, the wise men amongst us, Russell, I don't know who knows Russell Fraser. Um, we had been in the church for two years and I went up to Russ and I'm like, Russ, we have been in Josh Jen for two years. That is 700 odd days. Is it? Um, and I didn't get the clap or the reward that I was expecting. He said to me, Nick, when you've been here for 20 years, come and speak to me. <laughs> I'm like, 20 years? I've done two. Um, anyway, <laughs> and it's that thing. It is, you, you, we're going to run this race until we're with Jesus in glory, until the life is drained out of this feeble body of yours and you stand with him. And you stand and you give an account for, um, for the deeds that we've done. So Galatians uh, 6 verse 7 says this, Don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. 
And whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they'll reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Verse 9, let us not become weary of doing good. Let us not become weary of doing good. You keep on, 20 years. We're going to meet again in 20 years. We're going to recap this preach. Um, be faithful with what's in front of you. Be faithful with the little and keep doing it day after day after day, week after week after week, year after year after year. And the Lord, through our faithfulness and our persistence and our perseverance, that you will reap much fruit. God is faithful in reaping, in, in whatever you're sowing. God is going to use, He's going to water the seeds that you're sowing, and He's going to grow. These little kids that we're investing into now, in 20 years, you're going to get a tap on the shoulder going, hey, do you remember that crazy youth camp where you nearly drowned us in Hermanus? Um, there is fruit to what it is. God's not mocked. As you reap, as you sow, you will reap. And if you keep sowing into what God's called us to do, you will reap good fruit. Do not be weary of doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, and there, are, there is opportunity, there's plenty of opportunity. We're always looking for people to serve. We're always looking for people to lead. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. All right, two points. Be faithful with what's in front of you. Be faithful with a little, and he'll give you much. And keep going. Don't be weary. Don't give up. All right, let's stand. Yes, Lord. Yeah, Father, we thank you that we have an opportunity, God, to serve alongside you, Lord. We thank you that uh, you call us to be your hands and your feet, Lord. As we serve uh, those around us, we serve the body of Christ, God, and as we, um, yeah, as we hold out the hope that we have to a lost and a dying world, God. So, Father, I want to pray your blessing over each one here, God. I also... Um, Maybe it's a time for, for a response as well. Let's, if you, yeah, we're going to call for two responses. So if you're, if you're feeling that you haven't been faithful with what's in front of you, the little bit that God has given you, just when I give an opportunity, just do business with the Lord where you are. Yeah, Father, would you uh, forgive us where we've um, wasted our time, God, and where we've built, uh, we're not building your kingdom, God, but we're building our kingdom, God, where we're worried about our own lives. And Father, your, your word says clearly, if we hold on to our life, we're going to lose it. But God, if we give you our hearts, our minds, and our souls, Lord, you will give us life. So if you haven't been faithful in that, just turn towards him, turn towards his ways, um, just repent and give your heart, commit to walking in a way that pleases your Lord.
God. And then for the group of those, Father, that are, are, are getting weary in serving, Lord, I pray for your strength, God. Would you strengthen us with your spirit, Lord? Would you, would you um, gift us revelation, God? That we would see you again, Lord. We would have a renewed vigor and a renewed strength, Lord, to serve you with all our hearts and all our minds and all our souls, God. Father, I also pray that the distractions and the worries of the world wouldn't choke the seed. But Lord, our eyes would be set on the things that are eternal, God, the things that are um, pleasing to your heart, Lord, and that will bear eternal fruit, eternal fruit, God. I thank you for that, Lord. And finally, Father, would you bless each person here, God. Give them a heart for you. Give them a heart for the, for the lost and a heart for the children amongst us, Lord. And also pray, God, that they would make their leaders' life a joy. And I pray that in your precious name, Lord. Amen and amen.